listeners, this is going to really date the episode if you're listening to this in the future. But just a quick message in case you haven't already seen, but the After Dark Network have got together and put together a pub quiz and lock-in event on Saturday, May the 30th. The time is 9pm GMT, which I believe is about 4pm EST. And we're getting together to do a pub quiz, and then we're going to have a virtual pub lock-in at the mouse's head. So it'd be great to have you there. We've got an event on Facebook that you can um, you know, join up to and say if you want to attend or not. But I appreciate there are people that aren't on Facebook which won't have that notification. So if you want to join in and you're not on Facebook, get us on Twitter, send an email to disafterdark at gmail.com and we will send you the invite details. It'll be taking place on Zoom. You don't have to have your camera on, so if your camera's shy, don't worry about it. We will have ours on, but it's not essential for you to do so. You can join in if you don't want to put yourself on camera. It's not a problem. So we'll be doing the quiz. Then we'll be having some drinks and just some chat. Um, you know, Ask us questions, whatever you want to do. We just want to have a fun night. So that's May the 30th at 9pm UK time the After Dark Network pub quiz and lock-in. We hope to see you there. And now, you can enjoy the episode. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at wendyprater at magicaljourneystravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. The Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I'm Nick, and on this episode, I'm joined by Mr. D. Hello there. How are you? Fine, thank you. It's been a very hot, uh, long weekend in England, so um, I'm just preparing for the, uh, the normality of the, the working week, unfortunately, tomorrow. Um, I know you don't have to worry about it, Mr. D, but uh, some, of us, uh, some of us still do. And uh, for you. <laughs> and also we are joined by ryan hello hello so how are you good gearing up for the the moment and by moments i mean childbirth yes how long now mm-hmm. A uh, week? next next thursday <sighs> yeah it's getting close mate it's getting close we'll uh we'll have a catch up offline <laughs> I'll, I'll give you some of the worst tips known to man. Um, <laughs> i've probably had seven years experience of this i'm, I'm awful um but uh, we are also joined by a very special guest. Um, he, he, well, I don't even know how to. <laughs> I was trying to think how, how do I how do I introduce you? But um, I suppose the easiest way is by saying that you are the the owner creator of WDWNT. 
Um, yeah, and that's sure. His, that is Tom Corliss. Thanks for having me. The legend that is. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thank you, Tom, so much for, for joining us. We've had some, we've been very lucky actually recently uh, during this lockdown. We've been able to get some, um, some guests that we've not had on for a while. Um, and, and, so, you know, and now somebody we've never had on before. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us. And I'm not even locked down. <laughs> well, we will talk about that because, yes, there are different situations going on in the world. But one thing that I think unites us all, whether you're on this podcast or whether you just listen to this podcast, is we normally like to have a drink. So I normally go around and ask what everybody's drinking. And today I'm going to start with Mr. D. What are you drinking? So I'm uh, finishing up the last of my uh, rhubarb gin liqueur, and I've got some tonic here as well. So gin and tonic, but a fancy one. Nice, nice. Fruit based, one of my five a day. That's it, exactly. That's the way you got to look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what are you drinking? Um, in quite possibly the most me drink ever, I bought all the ingredients I needed to make a chocolate martini. So. Yeah, I've I've noticed you've got quite into chocolate martinis. Yeah, well, I've always been into them, but I can't really get out of the house and go to a restaurant or a bar or anything, so just made my own. Why not? Yeah. I mean, someone that can do exactly that is Tom. Uh, what are you drinking, Tom? Well, because I can do that, I, I think I overdid it a little yesterday. I had several drinks yesterday. I'm just drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper today, but yesterday we had uh, I had a play with Fire Margarita at Frontera Cocina. I had uh, the Shipwreck and a couple beers at Boathouse. Um I forgot what I had at Morimoto. I think I had the, the East Manhattan or something in Morimoto. So I, I think I had enough yesterday. Today, I'm, it's Monday. I'm working today. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That, that's uh, that, that's fair enough. That's a good explanation. Um, just on a slight tangent, which is something I do love to do on this show, um, for the first 10 years of my life, I would refuse to drink Dr. Pepper, believing it to be a, uh, a beverage made of actual peppers. <laughs> there you go. That. You know, if you didn't think I was weird before, there you go. Um, I have got something I've never had before. It's uh, Easy Peeler Citrus Session IPA from Four Pure Brewing Company. So, cheers. I'm only hoping this is actually nice because I've not tried this before. So, cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Oh, that is pretty good. Um, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I... I mean that's nice, but I a nice cold Dr Pepper now wouldn't wouldn't be amiss. Um, right, so we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, part news. Obviously, not a huge amount of part news going on because um, as we recall this episode, and this is obviously exactly going to change once this episode goes out live. But at this moment in time, Disney have not uh, released their reopening plans yet. Um, Universal have done so. Um, City Walks obviously reopened already, and uh, the parks are going to be reopened from the 5th of June. Disney at this moment haven't actually officially announced anything or not had anything approved yet, so we can't really speculate. However, um, over the last couple of weeks, we have seen Disney Springs reopen, and uh, later this week, we will see the Disney properties at Disney Springs start to reopen as well. So at the moment, it's a lot of third-party places, but as of this week, Disney will be re reopening their uh, restaurants and shops as well. Um, and Tom, you're, you're right there in the thick of it, right? Yeah, I mean, I was at Disney Springs this afternoon, so yeah. Okay, that's, that's quite recent. That's quite current. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so obviously, it, it's been open for uh, just coming up to two weeks, hasn't it? Uh, oh, no, they just no, opened last up week. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. last Wednesday, wasn't it? The problem with lockdown is all the days do tend to blend together. Yeah. <laughs> this was this yeah. was a long weekend in in the UK. Like th today, as we recall, this episode is a bank holiday Monday, um, and my wife reminded me of this last week, um, just in case I'd forgotten. And I was like, I hadn't forgotten, but what difference is it going to make other than I don't have to work that day? That's it. It's still going to be stuck in the house. So, um, but yeah, so it, it it's just reopened. What was your Obviously, you've been there today, and it's not your first time there, but when it did reopen, what was your initial feelings going there after it being closed for, you know, as long as it has been? I, I mean, it's definitely weird. I mean, I live in Orlando, so you used to several times a week 
going to Disney World, and so it's been weird to not go anywhere um, for a while. It's weird just like one day flip on the switch. It's like, okay, it's back, but it's different. It, you're going to come back, but half of a parking garage floor is going to be turned into like screening queues, and you're going to get your temperature taken, and there's going to be everyone with masks, and you can't sit near people in a restaurant. And I mean, it's obviously very different. I mean, more than half of Disney Springs is still closed at this point. Slowly every day, a couple of more things seem to come online, but it's it's definitely not the Disney World you knew. It's not a bad thing, obviously. It's, I'm, I'm very grateful that we can venture outside. It's nice to be able to go outside, um, but it's certainly not what it was previously. And it, it's, uh, as you might expect, it's gonna take a little while before that's a thing. So, so what's the what's the atmosphere like? I mean, as you said, uh, it's obviously very local based at the moment. Yeah, and yeah it's going to be like that for a while. Yeah, people seem happy. What, what's blown my mind is I've seen um, a couple of local hotels are open, and people are definitely driving in from who knows where. I mean, maybe not just further out in Florida. I don't really know how far people have have been allowed to drive. I know there are roadblocks in places. It's on state borders and things. Wow. Um, so I don't know who managed to get here. They might just all be Floridians. I mean, obviously, Florida is a very long state, um, and it is several hours between all different destinations. I mean, for, for me, it's three and a half to Miami. Um, that's no short drive. Um, mm. And I think it's, I think to all the way, uh, I've never driven it, but I think it's five or six hours to the the north end of Florida from here, something like it's it's a long part of the drive um, if you're driving the East Coast. Uh, so people have come from much further than than those of us who live here. <laughs> people have driven several hours to come eat at at least a restaurant. I mean, there, there's only so many stores open too. So I, I don't, but I, I mean, after two months locked inside, you might be excited enough to be like, I don't care if we only go to eat at two restaurants and walk around, that's enough for me, obviously. I think we're all more appreciative of, of what we do have, even if it is not the full you know, bevy of, of options we had before when we went to Disney Springs. So um, I think certainly more people will show up as uh, more things open. I think Wednesday is going to be a big day. And people are excited for Disney things to mm. be open. And so I think it'll be busier. Like it was busy Wednesday. I'm not, and I'm saying busy. It, I, busier than it was the other days. It, it certainly was not some record-breaking day at Disney Springs. Um, it felt like a, I don't know, like a slow weekday or a weekday during a slower time of year, maybe, I would say. And then Sunday got back up to that level, maybe even a little more busy on Sunday. Today, there was nobody there. I think the weather kept people away today. Um <laughs> Everyone's excited to be there. Everyone who is there seems excited and happy to be there. And I understand that, but, you know, you, I, I think everyone's just happy to be outside at this point, but it is, it's weird to go to a half open anything at Disney world, you, you know, it, crowds have never really been a problem for Disney. So it's weird to have these like half operating places. I think how it's really finding, weird. Oh, sorry, Ron. I was just going to say, how are you finding? Cause obviously here in the UK, we get, um, you know, a lot of, um, news and social media from people such as yourself at Disney Springs how are you finding people um kind of sticking to kind of the rules because they're you know they're, they're pretty strict on you know you have to be wearing a mask um unless you're in a, in a restaurant and you know how how have people been been handling that is it, is it kind of been okay have you seen sometimes out in the pathways people have some issues I've seen people with the masks down and stuff not rampant but a couple of times it's certainly it's certainly a small percentage but it's definitely noticeable when everyone has some colored covering on their face you definitely tend to notice when you know someone in your line of view doesn't it's very noticeable um for the most part people seem to be really following it and and i've noticed in the restaurants people dining at restaurants seem to be well more aware of it because um, certainly you're allowed to have it off at the table, but I've noticed anytime people get up to go to the restroom or whatever, they, they certainly put them back on. Um, so yeah, I think for the most part, people are with it. No one's made a big stink at a temperature checkpoint. Uh, but everybody, I think the people who've shown up are willing to do whatever they have to do to have a fun day, or at least a day that is more fun than those they've had for the last 67. So, um, and I, that's my point of view is I, I know like there's a, I don't know why there's a giant war over face masks, but 
You know, these places are allowed to have whatever rules they have. Like Disney has all sorts of rules that if you don't agree with, you, they just don't let you in. And they're, they're way more arbitrary than face masks. There's, there's one against like certain tripods and things, just things you're not allowed to bring in. So them declaring you have to wear a face mask is no weirder than half of the rules and regulations that honestly a Disney security guard could tell you before you come into the park that you can't bring something. Let's remember, you can't take selfie sticks into a Disney theme park, you know? So having to wear a mask is, is no weirder than rules like that. There's a reason for them in their private property and they're allowed to do it, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really encouraging to hear, especially for international travelers who, you know, obviously we can't get there at the minute, but, uh, you know, yeah. especially when parks start reopening again, the fact that people on, on the most part, you know, you're always going to get a couple, of course you are. Um, yeah. for the most part sticking to those rules and you know certainly if, if I'm able to, to head back in the near future which is unlikely at the minute for <laughs> in the UK but um, certainly you know I, I'll have nothing against wearing a mask and you know staying safe keeping pe- other people safe so no that's, that's interesting here. I just I just think going back to what Tom was saying about how big Florida is and trying to work out where people are coming from it's so weird like when you say if you drive five hours you know, you might hit the top of Florida. If we drive five hours from here, we end up in like East Durham. It's a <laughs> very, very weird state of affairs. But um, that's the only Dominic Cummings joke I'm going to try and make on this episode, by the way. Um, but it, it is a good sign because, like you say, I, I mean, the one thing that we've seen, uh, and I'm sure you've obviously seen, you're very active on social media, but the one thing that we've we've definitely noticed um ourselves is um the fact that you do seem to get a very uh, vocal part of the community which is like well if they you know if they're making me wear a mask they're not going to get my money or i'm going to cancel my annual pass and I expect to get a refund and all this kind of stuff because they're enforcing these rules and and you know, like you kind of said there is it's not just disney that are doing this you know any yeah. any place that wants to open is is trying to enforce these w- rules and you know, in some in some Disney theme parks, you know, face masks are not uh, compulsory, but they're they're certainly like well seen because of the the culture. Yeah. And I think the the difference we've got now, and this is yourself, you know, the UK, Europe, um, we're not used to wearing face masks. These, this is a new kind of concept for us, and it is a bit yeah. alien. And I get that, but these are uncertain times. It's unprecedented, and I think if if that's the measures they need to put in place in order to be allowed to reopen and try and reduce the, um, or, or sorry, increase the, the level of safety for, for guests, then I think it's a price that we're going to have to pay at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I think, you know, in, in Europe and America, I think, uh, and there's a lot of countries that, that fall under this, but um, there are some countries where I think the general public are less thoughtful of others in general and i thought like the first time i went to japan and it wasn't just in the parks it's very much in in the city and and other places um if you are if you don't think you're feeling completely well or you want to stay not sick i mean it it is not uncommon to see people out with with surgical masks it's not uncommon in fact my favorite thing was the first trip to tokyo i remember going in the park one of the stores i was like oh my god they sell disney character face masks these are amazing. This is such a weird, cool thing they sell. And I'm like, this is such a novelty. And now we're going to live in a world where every Disney park on earth is going to sell them. They're not even going to be a weird thing anymore. It's going to be um, the new poncho, right? <laughs> it's going to be another one, at least for a while. Like it'll be one of those things. It'll be like the fidget spinner where Disney will finally, <laughs> Disney will finally get them out whenever, you know, at the tail end of everyone wanting them. And then like the next week, the vaccine will come. And Disney will just have to put all these masks at the outlet, but uh, it'll be know, in the, never... uh, the bargain buckets at the, at the every kind of cash register as the fish is spinning yeah. as well. Spend, never, spend twenty dollars and never... get a free face mask. Yeah, yeah, they're never fast enough to make it when the thing is relevant. But they'll there will be I'm sure there will be Disney face masks at some point just before we all stop wearing. I'm, I'm sure it'll happen. Well, I know, I know Shop Disney, that was a question I was going to ask you, but it's probably too early to have an answer for that question. Um, but I know Shop Disney, um, in the US at least, um, had put on face masks for, for pre-order. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously I can't ask you if they're on sale yet because the shops where you'd expect them to be on sale obviously open this week. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see if, you know, what the world of Disney, for example, will be selling face masks at the counter. Yeah, I would think, well, Universal opened selling like some, they just bought some from a company. They're not themed or anything. No. Um, so I assume at the very least on Wednesday, that'll be the thing. I mean, we've seen Disney Springs restaurants and stores are selling them. At the Polite Pig, you can get a face mask with the Polite Pig logo on it. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I saw like, uh, I forget which store it was, is selling the ones that are made out of like the same material as the yoga pants or whatever. Um, so that, I mean, obviously people are embracing it. I mean, if you're, if you're a, a clothing company, you certainly have the means to produce face masks. But that'd be great to see if, if, the, if the shop Disney ones actually end up here right away because they're pre-order only and no one's gotten them yet anyway. Mm. But So I don't know if they're able to even get them in a park that quickly. Before. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Tom. Um, people have got them already. They're just the bots. They're just waiting to put them on eBay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but even like Tee Public, I know we sold some what I thought were really cool designs on Tee Public. Um, and no one's gotten them yet. And so I'm, I'm kind of upset with T Public that they've kept taking orders. And, you know, obviously I get the complaints because, you know, they're WWNT designs, but we don't run T Public. Um, mm. but, but maybe don't take orders for things you can't, you know, produce, mm. which I think has been Shop Disney's problem also as of late is taking orders for things they don't actually have that quantity of, whether it was pins or Epcot posters or whatever over the last two months they they somehow being a billion dollar company can't keep track of inventory on an online website which is mind-boggling but yeah they can barely keep like track of inventory in, in, like on their property let alone online. yeah I, but you would have thought it'd be easier online but there you go you would think right i assume in the system you could like someone tells me like we have 500 of these and i'm like okay fine and then you type it in a little box right for the quantity and then it will stop selling them when you hit 500 sales of them, right? I mean, that's, well, yeah, that's I mean, how I, every site yeah, should work. I literally work in uh, digital marketing, and that is exactly right. That is how a decent e-commerce platform works. Yeah. <laughs> I would say anyone you can buy, I would assume anyone you can buy, like the ones you buy off the shelf that aren't custom made, any of those things, like that, that's just a necessary function you know, of, of e-commerce, I, I would assume, not being in that line of business. Oh, yeah, no, it absolutely is. So have you actually um, made a trip to, to City Walk, or have you only just been to Disney Springs? I kind of went to City Walk. I went, <laughs> this is a crazy story. I, I went all the way to Universal, parked, went through the temperature screening, and then there's a little shop. There's a little shop before security. Um, and that's where they were selling for the, the Universal's 30th anniversary is June 7th. Mm. Um, and so for the 30th, they're doing merchandise. There's merchandise with the original Universal Studios Florida logo. And then um, some of it has Jaws on it and Confrontation and E.T. and Back to the Future and Earthquake. And so I saw this came out and I decided I need to take a 20-minute drive and just get these glasses and then I'm going to go home. So that's what I did. I went there, I bought the glasses, I turned around and I left. To be fair, I don't blame you. Those glasses are incredible. Well, to be honest, the range is pretty good. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get away with wearing a, a bright pink uh, yeah. tank top. Not, <laughs> not, because, not because I won't rock it. I've got some very nice shoes that it will, it will pair mm -hmm. nicely with, but I'm not really a fan of, uh, of that cut. But yeah, those glasses are phenomenal. So Yeah, I mean, that's the universal I liked. I mean, I fell out of love with Universal Orlando much later, but the, the Universal of my childhood, I really, really enjoyed. And those, uh, I think the reason those are my favorite movies is because I, I remember going on those rides and I'd come home and be like, oh, I want to watch Jaws and I want to watch Back to the Future because we just could come back. Wait, wait a second, are you saying that you don't like the Fast and Furious ride? Does anyone like the Fast and Furious ride? <laughs> uh, you know what? Unfortunately, we are aware of people that do. But to be fair, oh. they're, they're pretty much clinically insane anyway, which is why we don't really talk to them anymore. Yeah, I, um, I mean, you might it might be so bad, it's good. I take If they've never been before, I specifically take people to Fast and the Furious because I just want to see their face. I just want to see the reaction to the ride. And it's always, it's always enjoyable to see how people feel about it. 
you know, in, in all fairness, right, I, I went on it for the first time last year when I when I went to Universal, and um, you know, obviously, I knew it was going to be an awful ride, and we'd had a few drinks before we got on the ride, and everyone that was on the same ride vehicle it pretended it was almost like a party bus so everyone was kind of like like grooving and like cheering at everything and it made it actually a lot more fun i imagine if i'd have done that ride at 10 o'clock in the morning i'd have had the real experience but having the half cut experience is clearly the only way to go on that ride because okay. otherwise it will be awful um yeah. you know no bones about that um but yeah, I've I've heard I've heard mixed reports about um, about City Walk and and how they've done things. I think the first couple of days it seemed to be very heavily enforced everything, and then I've seen lots of pictures afterwards of people walking around without masks on. Um, you know, ha obviously had them on going in, but you know as soon as they're kind of through security, off they go kind of thing, um, and just walking around. And it doesn't seem like security are quite as hot on enforcing the rules as, as Disney have certainly appeared to be. Uh, well, everyone will be relaxed until the first case gets traced back to City Walker Springs, right? I mean, that's, that's probably where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're, I think you're probably right. And, and, that, and that's the thing, I think, you know, in, in, in England, it's still, you know, we're still kind of fighting this. We've had a very heavy uh, death count across the country. Uh, Florida, you know, it seems to be a bit of an anomaly uh, in the number of cases and the number of deaths, which is outside of Miami, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not no, Miami. Miami was like a whole. You wouldn't believe Miami's in Florida based on how different the numbers were. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a funny um, it's a funny situation. But um, yeah, it, it, as long as it's being enforced, I, I don't really mind so much. Um, it's just if you're going to put these rules in place then you know at least at least stick with them initially at least tr make it look like you care um rather than just like not yeah no i i get that i don't yeah i don't know what what the re i've i've heard that at city walk they they've seen people have tweeted that they've seen people uh asked by cast to like put them back on even just walking around not in anywhere obviously if you're going in anywhere they're going to tell you to put the mask on because you, you you have a point of contact with a team member at that point but um i've heard they've been more confrontational at city walk than they have been at springs but i i don't know i haven't either in either place i haven't seen anyone get confronted so i have no idea so i mean this is this is kind of going back to the disney springs thing and i'm going to bring ryan into this because i know i've not listened to your latest episode yet ryan but i know that you were talking about it um what do you make of this uh this barbecue situation oh my god <laughs> I, I got, so I got into a lot of trouble about this by the way just to give you some context tom i just recorded an episode uh, of my podcast about today uh based on this the best places to grill and chill in walt disney world so wow. if, if anything, it gave, it gave me a great uh, spoof podcast idea. Wow. I mean, yeah, I got into a lot of trouble because apparently I was, uh, I was racist uh, in my views that I don't think people should be allowed to, to barbecue food on property, especially not on tables outside restaurants. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it just seemed to be a very weird situation. And I hope it's one that was just kind of like a one day thing. Um, but just interested to see what, what your take on it was, really. But I think you've answered him <laughs> just by your kind of reaction to it. Um, but yeah, weird, weird scenes. Um, I'm surprised Disney didn't didn't seem to be more uh, upset by it. Really, they supposedly didn't even stop them. They supposedly let them finish. Man, wow. that's, that's crazy. Well, because I think you're, you know, you're afraid of people suing. Um, and, and for religious reasons, they were like, well, there's nothing we can have at Disney Springs. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm sure you could have brought food that doesn't need to be grilled at Disney Springs. Like, I think that's, no one would have, they, no one would have even thought twice if they had brought their own food prepared to Disney mm -hmm. Springs, a sandwich or something of the sort. Um, I, but the idea of like someone starting a, like for everyone's safety, it's best that no one's starting a fire at Disney Springs. Like that's, 
yeah. that's really the issue at hand. It's not about anyone's religion or background, or it's not about any of those things. It's really just crazy that someone was allowed to to start grilling, like just bring their own grill, set it ablaze, and cook hot dogs. That's. I mean, I I've got experience here, right? So many moons ago, I got one of those disposable barbecues you get in the little foil tray with the coals. Yeah. And we decided, I worked in a bar, and we decided we was going to have like a, a barbecue, me and a manager, because it was a quiet night. We went up on the roof and, and lit this, this little barbecue and wait for it to heat up. What we didn't realize was that the floor was tarmac. And so although obviously the flames are going up, the heat is still in the tray and it started to melt the roof. Um, oh which is and that that really is the the problem with what they were doing because the heat could have melted the table and yeah. it could have caused all kinds of problems so that that's really what it is but like you say it's not no one wants you to eat because there's nothing for you i mean ryan you've been with me uh to disneyland paris uh, yeah. as a vegetarian there is really not much food for me to <laughs> eat right oh, i mean, no. I mean to, be, to be fair nick I've eaten, just as a meat eater myself there's not much food to eat at Disneyland Paris. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. If you've eaten at Colonel Hattie's Pizza Outpost, you know no. you know what what eating garbage is. So. Oh, oh, I mean, I'm never. I mean, I've been going there since uh, 1992, and I've never eaten there. Uh, what does that tell you? Um, yeah. But I mean, God, like if you go into McDonald's on property there, one of the vegetarian options is a fish sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they do not get the concept at all. But um, you know, even I, when I know that it's not much food for me to eat at Disney, Disneyland Paris, goes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring a barbecue in and just start cooking food that I want to eat. Just, just madness. Um, okay, I think we talked enough about uh, Disney Springs, and so it'll be more interesting when those Disney shops start to open this week because I think, like you said earlier, Tom, you know, people have not. Other than Shop Disney, and we all know how slow they are at dispatching stuff at the best of times, um, you know, people have been, you know, w- without being able to buy proper Disney products for two months at this point. So I can only imagine the chaos that's going to happen when those shops start to open up at uh, Disney Springs. Yeah, especially if they're going to have all the stuff that supposedly was uh, going to be released in the time they've been closed. I mean, especially that, that Minnie Mouse, the main attraction stuff. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it could be bedlam on, on Wednesday. I don't, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about the limited re- release stuff, but yeah, yeah, that is, uh, that could well be a problem. Um, but Ryan, I know before we started uh, recording tonight, uh, there was something that was close to your heart that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. I mean, Everyone that listens to, to the show will know that Epcot is, is my favourite Disney park. And obviously today was supposed to be the last day of, of Spaceship Earth. And I guess, Tom, you know, you, um, you, know, you have a lot of, uh, of useful and, and sources and post a lot of news and, and obviously rumours and things where you, where you can. Uh, what are your thoughts on the future of, of Epcot? Because, I mean, I'm looking at it from my perspective at the minute, thinking that half of the stuff that isn't in progress is just going to be binned off. Most of the stuff is started, though. That's the sticky part of all of this, is that most of it is, is ground is broken. The only thing that's not is the Mary Poppins thing. That's the only thing they physically haven't begun on in that whole project. So if anything's gone, it's that. I mean, D23, that announcement, when I, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, they don't even have a plan for this by the sounds of it. So I'm not surprised, to be honest. I mean, I think they do have a plan. I don't think uh, that was the right room to tell everyone it's probably a spinner ride. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's probably not what that crowd wants to hear. If you tell them it's just a Mary Poppins attraction, well, then there's a lot of excitement and you don't look like you're, you know, building a bunch of cheap stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a fair point. So you think um, Spaceship Earth is going to um, go ahead as planned? I don't know with Spaceship Earth. Like, they're definitely going to build the festival pavilion and all that stuff in the middle because, I mean, mm. it's too late. It's too late to turn back. Like, you're in the middle of remodeling Mouse Gear already. You're in the middle of remodeling that restaurant space uh, that was Electric Umbrella. It's, it's too late to go back on any of that. You can't just leave a hole in the middle of Epcot for the foreseeable future. Obviously, Remy was almost done. 
Guardians. Thankfully, so what a what a great ride that is at Paris. Um, <laughs> finding someone that agrees. Disneyland Paris is Fast and the Furious. It's worth it just for Shea Remy, though. I love Shea Remy. It's beautiful inside. Yeah, but am I am I not right in thinking that you're not? There's not Shea Remy opening. We don't eight. have it. No, so it's no. a complete waste. Although we're getting a we're getting a um, crepe restaurant, so that might be worthwhile. I don't know. We'll see. I think you said. Uh, I think you pronounced crap wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also, I, I, it's never been confirmed, but it does look like the the Remy attraction in Epcot is going to be 2D rather than 3D. I don't know that that's true. I have no idea. I, I, um, I, I know in it was the, in constructed. Press... Yeah, sorry. It was constructed with the with the places to put the glasses and things, so I don't know, but it's totally mm. possible. It's only because, only, the only reason I say that is because all of the, the promo material for the ride itself doesn't have anyone wearing glasses. The Paris one does. Or did mm. when that was when that was opening up. So I just thought, oh, maybe they've just completely scrapped the three D. Which I know maybe. I know people aren't a big fan of three D, and I'm obviously in in the climate we're in now, probably not the wisest thing. Um, but it it will take a, quite a big element of that attraction away if it's if it's not in three D. I think. I feel like um, there was a week or so last year. I think it was November of last year. I think it was the week before we got there in Paris that they, they it, the 3D broke or something. There was a week where it didn't operate in 3D and all the Paris fans I know were just all excited. Everyone was like, <laughs> oh, it's not in 3D. You got to see it. It's so much better. And I was like, oh, I'd love to see that. And then I think the day we got there, it was back in 3D and I was so angry. <laughs> so angry. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I think some rides do benefit from it. I don't think, you know, Universal obviously rely too heavily on 3D things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would argue that what they've taken 3D out of is probably unwise. Like that means attraction is almost pointless in 2D. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can give or take attractions in, in 3D, but the Ratatouille one I think does does work reasonably well. But it would be interesting to see what it's like with, without the 3D elements, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, going back to Spacey Birds, like they, even if they say bin off a large part of the, the refurb, they're going to have to do something to it because it is, I mean, I, I wrote it quite a lot when I was when I was there for my three-week trip at the back end of last year. And as much as I love Spacey Birds and I've grown up with Spacey Birds, it's it's in dire need of some attention. Yeah, no, they, they let it kind of collapse upon itself. It was in real rough shape. I actually, I... When they announced the closure, I was like, you know, what What if, what if, hear me out, this might be crazy, but what if the parks did reopen by May 26th? What if that happened? <laughs> and I was like, well, space your birth, we've got the date. I was like, I, you know, I know everyone's going to Magic Kingdom, and I know, like, I kind of want to see the castle as the last thing for a bit, but the thought that, like, it might reopen and space your going to be gone for two, two and a half years I just thought I need to go to Epcot today and say goodbye mm. um, just in case. And it seems like that was the right decision, but there's no guarantees. I mean, they could certainly decide they don't want to spend that money right that minute uh, when they come back and you might have a little period of spaceship Earth still operating as it was. Who knows? It's going to need something though, isn't it? I mean, there's only so many times they can patch the leaks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michelangelo hasn't painted in six months. <laughs> his arm has just been at his side and some days they just turn the light off so hope hope people don't notice yeah <laughs> that is that yeah it, it's it's an attraction that's in desperate need of a refurb isn't it i think no one can argue with that i know ryan you would rather it remained as close as possible to how it is now well i like just just the i guess the the vision of the attraction i mean it, they haven't made it quite clear and i don't know tom whether you've heard anything more on this but they haven't made it quite clear where they're taking it. Um, you know, you've got this weird new entity that they're adding into it that looks a bit like um, a character from Moana. Now, that I thought was a bit odd, but I just hope that they, they kind of stick to some kind of familiar, familiarity with it, if I can uh, not mince my words. Yeah, I don't know. This story light thing is... Odd. and they're like they're rearranging scenes that you probably didn't really need to touch like the egyptian scene 
Mm. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, we could have a, they, they want to have a female uh, figure of power in that scene. So they're taking away the Pharaoh, the male Pharaoh, and it's just going to be this, this woman um, sort of, you know, as the, the uh, I don't know, governing body. And she's going to be pointing out things instead of, and they're just removing the man. He's just going away. Um, <laughs> so there are weird little changes like that that are happening. And then the storyline thing. And there's definitely going to be some like IP, but not bash you over the head IP. Like that, that the boat scene is going to have like the manta ray, um, like channeling Moana a little bit. There's going to be something with the lanterns from Tangled which will channel that. But again, it won't be like overt. It, it, it's not going to be the, the exact lanterns from Tangled. It'll be things reflecting these Disney stories that came later, where the inspiration came from originally kind of thing. So it's like the history of storytelling, but at the same time, it's like, where did Disney get all of their ideas from? And it'll show you different cultures where they, they did and how people told stories through time. It's not, I don't know. It's not my favorite idea, but it's not terrible. No, I mean, it could be worse. Let's be honest. It could be worse. It could just be an IP ride, right? Or, or, or time racers could have happened. So it could be... It could be Aladdin at the end of Epcot Forever. Yeah, so we should just be grateful. <laughs> now, um, you know, as we said, there's not much until Disney put their plan in place. We don't know dates. We don't know what to expect. We can we can guess at what the rumors are. You know, twenty five percent capacity, certain parts being open, all this kind of stuff. But until that's you know announced, we're only speculating. So I thought we'd have a look uh, at, at what's going on with Disney Plus at the moment because there's been a, a few things that have been going on there. Um, and, and the the newest edition, which I was just talking with the guys before we started recording tonight, that uh, I caught some of yesterday was Zenimation. Now, Tom, have you have you heard of this? Have you seen any of this at all? I do what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it seemed to get announced. I'd never heard of it before, and it got announced, I think, on Friday and was released the same time. So what they've done is... It, it's quite nice what they've done. They've, they've basically gone back to classic Disney scenes in Disney films, and they've removed the talking. So when uh, Moana is sailing across the sea, you just hear the waves. You hear the glide across the the ocean without the songs or the chanting or her talking to the chicken, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's supposed to just be kind of relaxing animation. It actually works quite well. I will say it does work quite well, but it's, it's, it's a weird, I don't know who came up with the idea, but it's, it's not awful. I mean, for me, it's, I think it's a lovely idea for obviously people that are obviously stuck inside and don't have an awful lot to do. But it does feel like Disney Plus's strategy at the moment is just filling the void of lack of original programming. Yeah. It's as if they weren't ready to launch when they did. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, I, I, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, as you say, I think you're right because the the big news since we last all got together and recorded is the fact that Hamilton is not only skipping cinemas but is coming out almost 18 months earlier than it should have been straight to Disney Plus which is a huge get I think I mean getting the film rights in the first place was a huge get but put it straight onto Disney Plus it's an interesting move and I wonder Someone could get fired over this or promoted. One of those two things will happen. Well, the guy's um, gone, either... isn't he? The guy's gone. Well, that's, that's... I don't know if it was Kevin Mayer's decision or not, but no. um, someone will get blamed. As we learned with Galaxy's Edge, whether you were involved or not, you can be <laughs> fired for... <laughs> Ask Catherine Powell what happened. Just, um, let's just get rid of one of the best Disney Parks people to come into the company over the last 10 years. That's uh, a great Well, thing. Bob Chapek didn't want to go, so he had to, he had to just... Push someone in front of the bus. That's yeah. what he wanted to do. We're um, Catherine fans here. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, um, you know, I think Disneyland Paris has, has turned around quite a bit since the 25th. I think things are certainly much better than they were. Um, so it's, it's hard to argue that it hasn't been all onward and upward since then, at least. Um, but, yeah, I, 
I don't know. It's because you spent that much money on it. So either you're going to get enough subscriptions that you're going to feel like, all right, this was the right move, or you're not going to get enough subscriptions and you've already missed out on all the money you could have made in a theater. So it, it's a tremendous risk. But at the same time, maybe you also got to do something to try and keep the subscribers you've got because after The Mandalorian, I know people just stand there like scratching their head. Like, what do, what do I watch now? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a very valid point. Um, I mean, we didn't get um, we didn't get Disney Plus until March over here. Mm. We had the the forebearer, which was called Disney Life, um, and because of existing contracts and stuff like that, we had to have a delayed release of Disney Plus. Mm. Um, but even with that, people now uh, and our own Mister D, you're one of those people. We were talking about that before we started recording as well. You know, you let your subscription lapse because what is there really for you to watch right now? Um, yeah, a few little shows. Yeah, I probably will go back at some point. There's some good stuff on there, but just is there enough? I mean, especially I got I got a lot. Of, I still got a DVD collection, so I've got all the classic <laughs> films on DVD. So that doesn't that's not an attraction for me. No, so it's all no. the additional stuff, like the Mandalorian, the new stuff, the documentaries. That's what I was interested in. And I think everyone was expecting now a Marvel show to be, you know, announced when it was going to air. We knew roughly when they were going to start airing across the summer, but none of them are finished. So that's not going to happen. And the Mandalorian season two is currently still scheduled to start in uh, in October. So we're going to get everything at once in the fall. That's what I mean. It's going to be an absolute dump. Uh, of of new content, which will be great, but then it's all it's all there at once, which is it's too much to consume, right? I, just, um, I also get the impression they don't really know how to to handle the platform. So, like Lizzie McGuire is a great example of that, right? It's it's gonna that would have attracted a lot of people into the platform. It, you know, it's a great old Disney Channel show. If you grew up with Lizzie McGuire, then you're excited to see it come back. Um, and then they're like, oh, it might be a bit too raunchy for for Disney Plus. It's like, what are you talking about? Look at, look at the way Netflix handles their subscribers. They've got a kid's account for those that just want to send them on the cartoons or whatever. And then you've got the main account, which can watch anything. And I just don't understand the Disney mentality of not being able to put some things on Disney Plus and then putting other things on Hulu or what's going where, especially outside of the US where Hulu doesn't really exist. Um, certainly not in the UK. It's just bonkers. It just seems to be well, just not being run correctly at all. No, it, it, it seems it seems like a mental decision right now that you can't. I mean, I've got a kid's profile and I've got an adult's profile and it, we, we don't even use the kid's profile because the kid's profile literally has stuff on there that's you. If it's a PG, there's stuff that's not even on there that's a PG, mm. which you think, well, why? So it's almost pointless having a kid's account unless your child is under the age of three, in which case you're controlling what they're watching anyway. So I mean, they, they, they could really be adding the likes of, I mean, licensing issues aside, potentially the future armors, the family guys, uh, the Bob's burgers, those kind of shows onto Disney plus and um, ha- really making it a adult and kid friendly platform. Yeah, but they won't because it's Disney. This is it. But they, they happily put Fox movies on there. Yeah, but again, only only ones that go up to about twelve. Yeah, or, or PG thirteen. There's nothing. There's nothing over that. That's why Aliens is not going to be making an appearance there anytime soon. But um, yeah, imagine, imagine a platform that has all of that as well, and it instantly becomes a lot more valuable. Certainly in my eyes. Just call it Touchstone Plus. <laughs> That's what I used to do in the eighties, right? Miss this those days. Um. Yeah, so other than Artemis Fowl, which again, uh, I don't think was going to be a big box office hit anyway, um, it, it just seems like Disney Plus is a bit of a weird, in a weird state of flux, not less than a year after, you know, they, they launched it. Their short bursts, like prop culture was good. I, I really enjoyed prop yeah, culture. Yeah. They're short bursts. Every once in a while, I find some. Like, we love, I loved Imagineering Story. Mandalorian was well above my expectations. Clone Wars final season was something to watch at least. And then prop culture. And that's, that's pretty much been my entire experience. And I mean, we've had it since November and that's, that's mm. all I've watched. So, Wait, you didn't watch Darby O'Gill and the, the little people? 
Oh, we did watch. We did a watch along a Darby O'Gill. We watched twenty thousand. We watched twenty thousand leagues too. But I, like someone else said, like I, I have those on DVD somewhere. I could have put them in. I didn't need sure. Disney Plus, but I since I had it, I was like, well, it's easier to just open that than to go dig out my DVDs. And I think that's half the problem. Um, I think I think one of the the big selling points for Disney Plus is the fact that you've got this huge library on there with nearly every film. There are some glaring omissions, but generally there's a you know a huge back catalogue on there of their films. And yet, most people that you know, if you're a big Disney fan, you've probably got those on DVD, on Blu-ray, on both. Um, so. It's, it, it then stops being essential and it's then just you know an ease of use as you say it's much easier for you to fire up an app and find the film than it is for you to go on your you know look for your dvd shelf or or you know your book of dvds to find a disc that you want you know but that's it it just seems to be that that's what's keeping it afloat at the moment is the the hope that people want the back catalogue yeah well, i don't think it's enough yeah. but there you go um, yeah, they probably launched a, a pretty good time, though. Everybody, everybody locked down. Well, I mean, have, that must have helped. The UK, the UK launch happened the day, the first day of lockdown. Right. I mean, Disney could not have planned that better in a million years. There's a conspiracy theory. I was going to say right that there. sounds like there's a conspiracy theory there. I yeah, thought we thought Nintendo like released the virus to sell Animal Crossing. I thought that was. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, I mean, that that is also a very surprising convenience. Um, I know the world has been taken over by Animal Crossing, so maybe yeah. there's a, an element of truth there. But uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting. Be interesting to see those numbers when uh, Hamilton hits over the uh, Independence Day weekend to see if uh, Disney do indeed see a spike in July. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm sure that's the only spike Disney want to see in July. As I'm sure the parts will be open by then as well, um, but uh, yeah, it, it will certainly be interesting. Um, now, before we go, Tom, um, obviously, thank you so much for coming on. Um, one of the reasons that we wanted to reach out for you uh, to you at this time is because um, you know it, it, it had been a very weird time, I think, for uh, yourself and the site, um, and I think. I think we share a common kind of ground in that we often get accused here on the shows that we do of not being uh, pro Disney enough. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, I, I like to think that all of us are, are critical um, about the product without hating on it. Uh, and I think sometimes because you're, you're not happy enough about something, people can, you know, conceive that as being, you don't care. Now you're somebody that's had a site. Well, actually, how long have you had your site for? Uh, it'll be 13 years in July. Jesus Christ! I thought I'd been podcasting for a long time. Um, and I mean, <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, you're not going to do something for that amount of time if you don't care about the yeah. product. Yeah, I I think people confuse. Like, you don't have to be a fan of the management of your favorite company. You don't. I don't think, I do not connect my love of Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion and the Country Bears and those things to Bob Chapek and Bob Iger and any of those people. You can certainly like executives. You could think they did a great job and that's wonderful. But you can also certainly think they do a bad job. And if they are doing a bad job, that doesn't mean you have to no longer like the things that you like that are still available to you. <laughs> I just think that's, the weird ground we get into. You don't have to defend the whole company. It's, it's not your role. I think as a consumer, as a consumer, you vote with your, with your dollar for the things you like. And I, I feel that's what I do. Um, they released Country Bear Wishables. I bought those because I, as some people might know. Oh, I'm big, you're, the, you're the person. You're the person. Big proponent of the Country Bears. Um, uh, so I was, happy, I was very happy they sold out. I'm glad that many people like the Country Bears. That's great. Tom, did they did they confuse you with a bot for those for that release? Did you just buy them all? I did buy sixteen bags. I will tell you because I, <laughs> I felt I needed the whole collection. So um, oh, I'm we've very all been happy. There. We've all very, been there on a Disney collection. Yeah, I'm very happy. People love the Country Bears to that extent. That brings me a lot of joy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand 
not being critical, especially of, of a company we've all been told, like we've been told by this company our whole lives that they, they have this standard of, you know, Walt Disney didn't just want to build amusement parks. He wanted to build a theme park where you're lost in another world. And he bought, I mean, this man bought all these acres in Florida to keep the outside world out. So why is it suddenly later in, in, in history become okay for parks to become less immersive or for cast members to go out with backpacks on in Tomorrowland or to, you know, in a different costume from a different land or where they built, the man built the park on the second floor so that you'd never see that. Like millions and millions of dollars were spent. So these cast members in the wrong land costumes do not go out in that land. Um, it's okay to not be all right with those things. It's okay, I think, to advocate for the, the betterment of something you love. And you don't, you don't have to love everything they touch. You don't have to think Toy Story Land or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, or those things are great. If you don't think they're great, you, I mean, I think, still think you should be res respectful of people's opinions. If other people like it, you could certainly have a discussion with them. But, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be derogatory. It doesn't have to be mean. People can like different things, but if you're certainly entitled to, to like or dislike whatever you like, even if you claim you are a Disney fan, I think it is more than fair that there are things you can dislike it's like Star Wars. Does every Star Wars fan like every Star Wars movie? No, you don't have to. You can like some of them and still be a Star Wars fan. You, I remember The Matrix. I don't think any Matrix fan likes the second and third movies. You know, they still like The Matrix, though. You know, Jaws. Jaws is a good example, too. The rest of the movies are terrible. <laughs> you know, the first one's great. The rest are terrible. You don't have to, to be a fan of Jaws doesn't mean you have to like all four movies. You know, well, I mean, to be honest, Tom, if I, if I knew your, your true feelings about Jaws Fall or Revenge, I don't think I'd have invited you on. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's so bad. I love, like, I love Jaws 4 for how insane it is, but it's not a good movie. I can't say that much. I always loved... Um, there aren't any when, other Jaws movies. There's only one. I just <laughs> like there aren't any, any movies beyond Terminator 2. Nothing or, else existed. Or Indiana Jones. There's only been the trilogy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, I, I always love uh, when Michael Caine's been asked about um, his thoughts about Jaws 4 is that he's never seen the film, but he has seen the house in the Bahamas that he bought. Um, yeah. I think that's a good, a good attitude to have. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, you know, with, with, with you, Tom, and and the brand, which I suppose is is not necessarily more important to you than yourself, but you know, it's still obviously very important to you. But you know, I, I feel, and I don't know why, but you, it does seem like you get picked up on more than than other other sites that have similar views because you're not alone. I said, you know, we're we're similar in that regard, yeah. in that we're not always pro pro pro, but you do seem to have this this kind of rap. And I mean, you know, recently, and you know, it's your story. I'm not going to go into like the specifics, but you know, it has, you know, turned fairly nasty for you. Um, and I, and I think there, there is, there are times when lines are, are certainly crossed by people when I think they do go above and beyond what I think is reasonable kind of argument with, yeah. with others. Um, and, you know, really, have you got an idea why that that's the case for you? Oh man. I like having spoken with people who have reached some level of, of, uh, you know, some larger audience in any fandom. I don't, I, it just seems to be a thing in any of these fandoms. Like I'm pretty sure there are star Wars fan sites, and Marvel and all sorts of fandoms where it's just a similar thing. The internet, is a place where a lot of people can hide behind an avatar and a name and you can say whatever you want with no repercussions. What I've learned is in all these years, like no one would ever say these things to you in public because no one ever has. Um, I've, I've never publicly heard a word negative towards me um, because it, it's easy to hide like behind a screen and say whatever, you know, when there's no repercussions, right? You can be as mean as your heart desires. Um, Instead of just telling people, you don't have to agree with anybody. You don't have to read the website. I, my point of view is if I don't like reading a particular website, I just stop reading it. I don't, I don't tell them I've stopped reading it. I don't respond to them on Twitter that I've stopped reading it. I just stop reading it. Like that's, 
that's how it is. Like if, if I don't like, you know, any, any website I've visited, like there's certainly some over time I have stopped visiting. It's just, I think it's not for me. I think it's a fair point to be honest, Tom. I, and I know I, I've, um, you know, I've followed you and, and the brand on, on Twitter for quite some time. And there's been occasions where yourself um, and you won't probably won't even remember them, but we've had disagreements on particular topics. And as you said, that is absolutely fine. I don't, I don't, I'm not offended if you disagree with me and you're not offended if I, if I, if I disagree with you. It's, it's a case of we're both fans of the same brand in some respects and we may have disagreements on things and that's fine. And I don't, I personally agree that there's never a, a need to start throwing in names or insulting people um, or anything like that. And, you know, I saw a couple of weeks ago now, I think it was some of the, the abuse that you were getting. And, it's, you know, disagree with you, for, you know, fine, but let's yeah. not take things too far. Yeah, no, I think people, people forget sometimes that this is just about an entertainment company and not anything, you know, serious. Um, I think that's the biggest thing we lose. And I understand because I love this, this thing. I love it very much and to the point where, you know, with the country bears and stuff, like I have put my neck on the line to do things that I thought were right for what I love and care. Um, but at the same time, I think we lose sight of it that, uh, you know, human, everyone's a human being. And just think about like, how would you want to be treated if you were in that situation? Would you like, you know, everybody has a job. Like, how would you like it if someone shows up to your job and just starts heckling you the whole day? calling your names and you probably wouldn't like it very much right i mean but again it's it's fine to even not like people it's fine you don't have to tell them you don't like them you can just not deal with them you can all these social media platforms you can block people you can mute people you can, you don't have to see anyone you don't want to see and i just don't understand in this world why we we spend the energy um to to do things like that especially in like fan site realm um yeah, and you know, I get the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the impression that you you very much enjoy having the conversation with people that disagree with you. And I think um, yeah. it, it's for for me at least, if you know, if I was to turn around and say, "Oh, actually, I think Country Bears is the worst attraction ever," now I know you'd have something to say on that, and that's fine. Yeah, but, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't put your no, private no. information on the internet because you like exactly. the Country Bears. Exactly. And that's know? what I'm saying in that. I think you're able to have that conversation with people and I, I see it all the time where you do go, actually, this is why I like it. And they go, this is why I don't like it. And you're like, okay, fine. Um, so I think, yeah, th there's some valid points in there. And I think there's no finer time after saying that as to promote where people can find you, Tom. <laughs> well, not, my, not my most personal information, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, didn't mean, I didn't mean your home address. Uh, <laughs> no, you know. I know. I <laughs> web address web address yeah very yeah. different yeah. um we're at wdwnt.com i we do way too many things to to promote but the the main things i do on youtube um we do news today with wdw news today that's not at all confusing right um that's mondays wednesdays and fridays we just bring you the news from the site if you don't want to read it on the website prefer youtube there's that and then uh, the big thing i do every week is thursdays we do a pretty wild uh comedy show about Disney fandom every Thursday night at 9 p.m. It's live. It's called WW News Tonight. And if you can't watch it live, it's on iTunes. You can download an audio version. It's always on YouTube. It's, that's, that's most of what I spend my week on. Cool. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure people that have listened to this episode know who you are anyway, but just in case, um, that's <laughs> where you can find more out about Tom. Um, just, just, just be nice. And that's, and that's it, really. I think, you know, we are in a time where... Um, especially in the UK, we've, we've had a lot of, of uh, controversy with people, celebrities, people in the public eye, where people have forgotten that message. But as you say, it's okay to disagree with somebody. It's okay to, to argue with somebody. But, mm. you know, respect boundaries. I think that's, that's the thing. Just, just, just have some consideration. Yeah, just remember people are humans on the other side. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I have at several points in my time probably crossed the line with people and been meaner than I should have, you know, and, and certainly I'm not saying I wasn't pushed to that point, but um, I don't feel great about that. I think everybody, sometimes we should all take a step back myself included and um, 
be nicer to each other. Again, even if we don't agree, even if we don't like each other. I think everyone should just understand, like, as a human being, what, you know, whether the person hates you or not, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said? And could everyone just feel better about each other not interacting with each other if they can't do so peacefully, right? Yeah, no, completely agree. And hopefully, you, you know, you feel that way with us. And uh, who knows? Hopefully we can get you back on the show at a future date. But uh, Oh, sure. Anytime. But, uh, Tom, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. It's been a, a pleasure. Um, and thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Paul. And um, we're back with another Disney Parts and Beyond in a couple of weeks. So we'll see you then. Good stuff. Nice talking to you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Network.